Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and this is our new moon forecast. But before we get started, wherever you are, rather you're walking or driving or sitting, just go ahead and really feel into your body. I mean, like, notice if there's any tension in your shoulders, let your shoulders relax, if there's tension in your throat or your jaw. Just let your body kind of soften. And take a deep, full breath in through the nose. Full breath out the mouth. Just kind of let yourself settle in and transition into your time to... Let me do the work for a second. <laughs> Just kick back and enjoy some astrology. I, I think that um, there's been so much chaos and so much disturbance in the force, if you will, um, which I'm going to talk about. But being super mindful and continuing to do these little body scans, checking in with your breath, notice if you have tension in your body, if you're holding your breath, just kind of making that a practice. Because right now, everyone needs you to take care of you. All of us. We all need to be taking care of ourselves as best as we can. If we can take care of ourselves and keep ourselves healthy, we're going to keep everybody healthy. So just really honing in on that, that this is one of those times where taking care of yourself truly is important for everybody. I mean, it always is. Taking care of yourself and prioritizing your wellness will forever be important and imperative to the people around you. Um, and right now, it's a really good time to remember that and be reminded of that. So thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. This is, again, our new moon forecast. The new moon is coming up on March 24th, 2020. And keeping in mind, I'm a Vedic astrologer. According to Vedic astrology, the moon is going to be in the sign of Pisces. And a new moon is when the moon and the sun are so close together that no light can get to the moon. Or the moon can't reflect the light, rather, because the moon has no light of its own. It reflects the light of the sun. And so when the moon and the sun come together, the moon is going to be as dark as it can possibly get. This is sometimes referred to as a balsamic moon, which I love that. Um, I feel like it encapsulates it so beautifully. But when the moon is empty, it's receptive. It has all of this space that's open. And so that does bring an emotionality and a vulnerability. Um, it can bring a creativity. It's a very yin energy. So it's a good time to kick back, um, do personal reflection. The nakshatra that it's going to be in is Uttara Bhadrapada. And this is one of my favorite nakshatras. It's a very sweet nakshatra. Uttara Bhadrapada, it is, you know, the symbol is represented by legs of a funeral cot. And so there is this connection between the other world, the present here and now on earth, and also the spiritual realm or the afterlife. This is a very yogic nakshatra. It's a powerful time for meditation, for reflection. It is a good time for intimacy. Creative endeavors is huge. Um, it's not a good time for physical exertion, emotional exertion, taking risks. 
Um, anything stressful, it's not a good time to have arguments or work out any disagreements. It's the best time to just, you know, simply be. And if you can have time by yourself, I would advise that keeping in mind March 24th around four 30 in the morning. Um, and so if you've been thinking about doing an artistic project or being creative, it's, it's super, super good for that. If you are, um, spiritual. If you are like one of those witchy folks who loves to like put a bunch of crystals and water and cast a spell, like this is the time. Okay. We are, the veil is very thin right now. And I'm going to discuss as to why that is, but it's an extremely spiritualizing time. And we're going through a very deep metamorphosis. Um, and so along with this, we are having a Kalasarpa yoga. And Kalasarpa yoga means all of the planets are hemmed between Rahu and Ketu. What does that mean? You don't have a visual, so I'm going to try to explain it. Ketu is in Sagittarius. Rahu is in Ardra. All of the other planets, all of them, are in the signs of Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, Aries. None of the planets are in Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, and Scorpio, which is the other side of the zodiac. Does that make sense? So all of the planets are hemmed in one side between the nodes of Rahu and Ketu. This means extreme transformation. It's historically seen as an inauspicious time. I like to think of it as more of an auspicious, not auspicious, but more of a transformational experience. And we need transformation and change in order to progress. So all of this demolition, all of this fear, all of this anxiety that we're experiencing, whatever we learn from this event, we're going to create around it and it's going to create something new. Now, the time period of Kalasarpa Yoga is not generally comfy, right? Transformation is not comfortable. It never is. Transformation in a lot of ways can actually be extremely painful. And so we are in the midst of this Kalasarpa Yoga. On the new moon, Saturn is going to be aspecting the moon by its third aspect. That just kind of reinforces my message of laying low, not taking risks. Saturn aspect on the moon can bring a melancholy. It can definitely bring fear and anxiety. Um, allow yourself time and space for rest. And this is actually something I wanted to talk about. There is this idea of universal consciousness. And, you know, I'm a hippie. I say universal consciousness. I understand what I mean. When I talk to other people in like the yoga community or spiritual community, universal consciousness, we all get it. But we can also discuss mirror neurons, which is very scientific. Okay. And a mirror neuron means when I lift my hand in the air, there are mirror neurons firing off in your brain telling you how to mimic what I'm doing. And so without you physically needing to lift your hand, your brain is already processing how you would imitate me. And so if I were to watch you jump up and down, you're jumping up and down physically, mirror neurons are firing off in my brain, telling me how to, how to imitate you, jump up and down, but without actually jumping up and down. And so what that means is that while we watch each other without actually physically doing something to one another, we are still internalizing the other's actions. So when we go out into the community and people are fearful and they're freaking out and panicking, 
we are internalizing that. We are inter- mirror neurons are firing off in our brain, whether we're aware of it or not. We may think that we're completely calm and completely stable, but there's still going to be an element of fear that we're internalizing. And this is built for our survival. This isn't a bad thing. We shouldn't feel ashamed for our mirror neurons. And we also shouldn't feel ashamed for our natural instinct to feel fear. Fear keeps us alive in some instances. Now, there is also an excess of fear. There is fear that is unnecessary. It's, it's, with, it's excess with anything. Anything in excess can be poisonous, even water, right? And so right now, I think that doing your best to not drown yourself in anxiety doing your best not to expose yourself to too much fear or anxiety, staying responsibly up to date with the news, doing the best to take care of yourself and your health, doing what you can to help others when you can. This is the best that you can do. No amount of fear is going to keep you free of disease. Fear literally weakens the immune system. I'm just throwing all this out there. I also think it's interesting. I go to the store and there are things off the shelf except for vitamins. There's all this food missing. No one's buying vitamins. I don't know. I don't get it. (laughs) And I think that, you know, staying safe and buying extra food, especially if you don't want to go out in public, that's reasonable. I'm just really trying to encourage people not to let the fear and anxiety take them over. Um, Astrologically, As we move into these next few months, which we're going to talk about, fear and anxiety are going to be a little bit heightened. And I'm not saying there's no reason to be afraid. There are absolute real things are happening, okay? But limiting yourself to the media, limiting yourself to fear and anxiety, this is going to be so important for your mental well-being. So Jupiter is going to enter Capricorn on the 29th. Mars, by the time the new moon occurs, Mars would have entered Capricorn. So Mars is going to be in Capricorn by the 22nd. Jupiter is going to be in Capricorn by the 29th. And they're going to go retrograde in May. And so if you don't follow my Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast on Instagram, I just posted a little picture that shows um, the retrograde dates. And you can access that from my website, innerknowing.yoga as well. And so... But once Mars enters Capricorn, on a personal level, Mars gives ambition and strength and drive and fire and passion to get things done, especially exalted in the sign of Capricorn. It's extremely powerful. Saturn gives us the discipline and the work ethic to complete our tasks. So when Mars and Saturn come together in the sign of Capricorn, it's a powerful time to complete personal tasks. Saturn is also fear and anxiety at times. Mars is also aggression and war. I think that it's going to be a little bit strenuous in the government. I think that what we experience um, collectively is going to be intense. When Jupiter comes into Capricorn on the 29th, it's technically debilitated. And so Jupiter, Capricorn, (laughs) I'm so sorry, Jupiter, Saturn, Mars are all going to be in the sign of Capricorn. And so Saturn is in its own sign. Mars is in its exaltation point. 
Jupiter will technically be debilitated, but it has a lot of support. It has a lot of support with that exalted Mars and Saturn. So during this time, I think that we are going to feel somewhat of a stabilization, especially after Mars exits Capricorn. So Mars is going to be in Capricorn. It's going to then move into Aquarius. It's then going to move into Pisces, I believe in June. Um, yes, June 19th, 2020, Mars will be in Pisces. I think that by then in June, we're going to start feeling a lot more relief. Um, and then especially in September, we're going to feel a massive shift. By the end of the year in 2020, things are going to be getting a lot better and a lot easier. But in this time period, there may be panic, there may be anxiety, um, there may be stress, especially while Mars is in Capricorn and maybe even Aquarius. So just really laying low, being mindful of what you put into your body and put into your brain Remember, there's a there's a balance between being responsible and taking action and then not overloading yourself. It's like having your perfect diet. Okay, so just being very mindful of those as we move throughout this time. And so another thing I wanted to discuss was the economy and what's happening in the economy. I know this is something that a lot of people are concerned about right now. Um, and so there are a few different things to cover. When you are studying astrology and you want to learn more about what's happening currently, you go back in time and you try to find astrological placements that are similar, okay? And so I'm going to be talking about that. Jupiter and Saturn being together is a big deal because Saturn is restrictions, it's delays, it's obstacles, it's hard work, it's determination, it's it can represent oil and gas, um, and it's a responsibility, now, Jupiter is more optimistic. It's more fun. It it does represent wealth and prosperity. And it acts on inspiration rather than the planning that Capricorn likes to do. So when Jupiter comes into Capricorn, it is technically debilitated. But Saturn is going to give that structured energy to Jupiter in the sign of Capricorn. Now, I still wanted to go back and I wanted to look at different recessions. And so get this, the tobacco depression in 1903, Jupiter and Saturn were conjunct in Aries, but Saturn was debilitated. And when Saturn is debilitated, that gives a lot less structure. Okay. Saturn is debilitated. So the, the structure, the responsibility, it's, it's weakened. In the 1920s recession, Jupiter and Saturn were conjunct in Virgo. In the 1980s recession, Jupiter and Saturn were conjunct in Leo. In the 2000 recession, Jupiter and Saturn were conjunct in uh, Taurus. So we see a theme with these recessions where Jupiter and Saturn coming together is playing a part. It's causing a restriction, but they're not in the sign of Capricorn. So to learn the most about what we may experience, I looked at the last time that Jupiter and Saturn were in Capricorn, and that was in February 1961 until February 1962. And so get this, this is very interesting. There was a recession that happened in 1960 that lasted until the very beginning of 1961. During that time, Saturn and Jupiter were in the sign of Sagittarius. So yet again, another recession with Jupiter and, and Saturn in the sign of 
Sagittarius. However, as soon as Jupiter and Saturn entered into Capricorn, which was in February 1961, that began the second largest expansion of the economy. And so this can just show how different planets are going to act depending on what sign they're in. And I mean, you can look this up, look up the recession of 1960 to 1961 and when it ended in February 1961. Um, But yes, so in February 1961 to February 1962, this was the kickoff of the second largest economic expansion until 1969 when another recession began. Um, Now, so that sounds great. Um, Another correlation I found with this when Googling times with Saturn and Jupiter, you know, I just found dates when they, when they were conjunct. And then I looked up world events, there seems to be a lot of earthquakes. And so there seems to be a theme with earthquakes. So watch out for the natural disasters. Um, other random, interesting things when Saturn and Jupiter were together in Capricorn, The segregation of railways was demolished. So, you know, more equality. The World Wildlife Foundation was formed and the Peace Corps was formed. And so there's a lot around service. Saturn is service, is being service oriented and serving others. Um, And so, you know, that's, that's a positive thing that we could look forward to. But the tricky thing is that Saturn and Jupiter are going to be retrograding back and forth this year. It's going to be a while. It's the end of November when Jupiter will come into Capricorn and stay in Capricorn. In addition to this, we have Pluto retrograding. We'll have Jupiter retrograding back into the sign of Sagittarius. The last time that Jupiter and Pluto were together was in 2007, and there was an economic crash. This year is going to be a bumpy ride economically. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to go up. I believe there's going to be a point where it looks grim. By the time that Jupiter settles into Capricorn, I think that things are going to get a little bit easier at the very end of 2020 and into 2021. Now, I've also been saying that Pluto is going to enter Capricorn and stay in Capricorn at the end of the year. This is when how we relate to the government is going to shift, economics, currency, beginning in the very end of 2020 to 2021, and then for the next several years as Pluto moves through Capricorn. So it's going to be a very slow process. That's when we're going to see this massive change in government and structure in finances, economy, etc. And so that is going to be um, interesting to watch. Um, but I did, I did want to share those correlations with the Saturn and Jupiter recession, because I just thought that was, I thought that was amazing (laughs) that they were together so often during recessions, but Jupiter is not yet in Capricorn and they were in different signs. So I just really want to drive that home. I don't want to freak anybody out. The economy is going to fluctuate. It's going to go up and down, but Saturn likes being in Capricorn. It brings structure and stability. Um, by the end of the year, I think that we'll see things level out a bit. But, you know, we're, we're going to have those ups and downs. That's going to be really difficult to avoid. Um, and so I wanted to mention that I spent about five hours yesterday making a YouTube video <laughs> on Sinistry. And I do some case studies. I saw celebrities. 
And if you're interested in learning more about synastry and you want a visual, you can go to YouTube and type in Astrology Now Podcast. You should be able to find my video. It's the first YouTube video I've ever made. Um, it took hours because I had to figure out how to do everything. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I have stage fright. I've got bad stage fright. And so being behind a microphone and doing podcasts is fine, but having my body in front of a camera is very difficult for me, which leads me into a good learning moment. If you have Saturn aspecting your first house strongly, or if you have a connection between the second house and the sixth house. So the second house ruler and sixth house ruler are together, second house ruler and sixth, sixth house ruler and second, that can bring stage fright. Not saying that I have any of that happening in my chart, but um, <laughs> if you do, you might have stage fright. So, um, that was just a little bit of my prediction on the economy and just kind of looking at what's going on. Um, let's see. So yeah, on the new moon, new moon energy, just laying low, taking it easy, taking care of yourself. This is my best advice, really trying to ground. Um, I would say that good stones for right now are going to be clear. I think that having clear crystals is going to be positive. It brings clarity to the mind. I think that making time to sit down and let yourself relax and um, breathe, practice meditation, take a warm bath, I think that that's going to be really positive. Eating heavy grounded food. If you get bad anxiety, make sure that you're eating warmer food. There's a lot that happens in our gut that is directly related to how we feel energetically and emotionally. Having warm food that's easy to digest is going to help reduce anxiety. It's going to help you feel a little bit more grounded, making sure that you're taking time to sit down and eat. Um, again, warm baths, taking time to just take care of your physical body. If you can spend some time outside taking a walk, uh, being present. I think that that's going to be really helpful. We are buckling down to experience some interesting and confusing times. For the next several months, things are going to be interesting and they're going to be confusing. And it, you know, astrology is amazing because it shows you when something is going to end. And so we know that this is a temporary time and space. We know that this is largely produced by astrology. You know, we see these things happening astrologically and so we can find validation for it. Um, and so good times, better times, brighter times are coming, but not after some, some shift and uncomfortable metamorphosis, but we're in this together. We're here for one another. I believe that, that we've got it. So if you want to schedule a reading with me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please follow Astrology Now's Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast, and on Twitter, astrologynow underscore. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.